The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and on this episode of the podcast, I'm a little bit happier because I'm not talking about Oklahoma State football from the previous weekend. And of course, it's the NFL Weekly Show because I have Wayne Fair joining me as well. Wayne, how's it going, man? way it hasn't been uh, worse than this in Philadelphia but uh yeah, Thanksgiving's here looking forward to turkey day on Thursday so I, I really uh at least got something to look forward to this week I'll say it this way your college team's matchup in Rutgers uh against Michigan was a much much better game even though you didn't I'm assuming didn't like the outcome it was a much better game than my college team's matchup against um, our rival in-state rival in Bedlam so you, you gotta at least be a little bit happier with that I mean, almost yeah. beating Michigan in what four overtimes? Was three overtimes? Two overtimes? What was it? Yeah, it was three overtimes, and you know, just like just to put in perspective, Rhea, this is the same Rutgers football program that last year lost fifty-two to nothing to Michigan, and you know they brought in Shiano back. Uh, if a lot of you aren't familiar with Greg Shiano, he was their coach back in the day when they had you know players like Ray Rice, Brian Leonard, um, and he jetted for the NFL to coach the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it kind of left Rutgers in limbo, and you know. It, what his first year like he brought Michigan to triple overtime like and that's just year one and he didn't even get his recruits in here yet so I'm happy it's progress that's all I was really looking for this year um they beat Michigan State earlier this season not really much to brag about there but it's a step in the right direction and that's really all I'm looking for as a Rutgers football fan I think that's gotta be nice and you know what I think both of us can have a little bit of moral victories over the weekend um, because at least one of our two teams played well, as opposed to, you know, the professional team we root for and the collegiate team we root for. Because the Cowboys won at least a very odd and fascinating but amazing wide receiver matchup with Adam Thielen going up against CeeDee Lamb. I did not predict that, predict that one going into the game, but we'll talk about the Cowboys. We'll talk about the Eagles' unfortunate loss and plenty of other stuff going on here in a couple minutes, as usual. But first, we'll get to our winners and losers from this past weekend. Wayne, go ahead and take it away with, uh, with the winners. Yeah, you had for sure a really uh, high morale weekend. I'll put it that way. Uh, my winners from this weekend will start off with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, they squeaked by the Baltimore Ravens in what turned out to be a scrappy game. So pregame of that um, matchup, the uh Tennessee Titans were out there on midfield warming up against the uh, the Ravens, and they were standing on the logo. Um, Harbaugh did not like that. Came out, got really upset about it. Uh, really began to make the uh, the game really chippy from the jump. Um, got really exciting at the end. Ryan Tannehill played great. Um, if you guys don't remember back from the game last year, I think Ryan Tannehill threw all of, like I want to say, eight passes in that game versus the uh, – the Ravens when they beat him in the playoffs, but he looked good. 22 of 31, 259, two touchdowns, nothing flashy, but huge play by AJ Brown at the end of the the game to score a touchdown to tie it. Um, you know, they really missed him early on in the season. He's back and they're getting back to the normal with Derrick Henry, just pounding the rock. Um, he had 133 yards, one touchdown, and it was the game winner. Um, but it's a really fascinating run. I mean, you get him in open space, look out like he's a big boy. He's not going down. So, being able to beat Baltimore was huge for them. Uh, gets them right back on track and back into the playoff mix again. Baltimore falls again, so they're trending in the wrong way. Um, my number two winner of the week, um, this is one that's like realistically a morale win. I mean, they haven't really had the best record this year, but the uh, L.A. Chargers finally won a one-possession game. 
Uh, I can't tell you how many times that that team found a way to lose a football game this year, uh, but not this time. I know they only played – it was the New York Jets, but still, it's good for Justin Herbert's experience. Speaking of Justin Herbert, 37 of 49. 49 passes, 366 yards, three touchdowns. And he has a really good supporting cast at the wide receiver position. Keenan Allen, like, wow. I think two years ago someone said that he was the best wide receiver in the NFL based on hands. And on Sunday, he it looked like it. 16 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Like, what more like can you ask for for a rookie quarterback to come in and have these weapons and really show you that he's worthwhile? Um, on the other side of things, Jets are still winless. Um, I don't know if you heard last week they lost to the bye week. So that still makes them completely undefeated this year. Uh, and as we head into our uh, last winner, at least on my end, I could have picked a bunch of other teams, but man, the Indianapolis Colts, Frank yeah. White really has them. Yeah. And like winning games. Like, wow. That guy managed to get a Phillip Rivers, a, a really aged Phillip Rivers. It kind of has a noodle arm right now. I mean, it's, it's not the Phillip Rivers we saw four years ago, three years ago. It's, uh, you know, a little bit older guy. So, Phil Rivers came out and balled out, man. 24-36, three touchdowns, one interception. He threw a pass to 11 different receivers. 11. Like, talk about spreading the ball around. I mean, that's how you do it. Jonathan Taylor ended up being their lead back in the game. He had 22 carries, 90 yards. Um, and we're seeing the emergence of a rookie player, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, three catches, 66 yards, and that big touchdown uh, to really jumpstart them um, in the game. And their defense just continues to shine. Like, a lot of people don't talk about them. For some reason, I just, I don't get it. Nobody wants to talk about the Indianapolis Colts, just maybe because they're not flashy. They don't have a Patrick Mahomes. They don't have Lamar Jackson. Like, but, like, their defense is just a really good team. It just gets overlooked all the time. They made a big play in overtime. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling fumbled the football, and they jumped. They were there. I mean, sometimes you got to be in the right place at the right time. They were. They were able to you know, run the ball three times, and then, you know, Rodrigo Blankenship, you know, sent them home with the W with the uh, kicking game, which, by the way, he's been a phenomenal kicker this year. But, um, again, Green Bay lost another good game versus a, a good team. Like, it's, you know, is this the same thing that the Packers had last year? Because um, they wasted their first three draft picks this year on third-string players. So, um, I don't know. But, again, like I said, can't discredit the Colts. Uh, those are my three winners from the week. Um, how about you, Calvin? What do you got over there? Yeah, I'll say, I guess, one thing about the Colts real quick. That's back-to-back weeks they've had wins over teams that are going to be in the playoffs, or at least I assume the Titans will make a wild-card playoff push. And, I mean, both both the Colts look pretty darn good. Both the Titans, you know, look pretty darn good. And, uh, you know, the Packers look pretty darn good, too. But as of late, the Colts seem to be coming on, and, hey, it's nice for got to be nice for Philip Rivers to kind of reverse the jinx in one of the games where going down the stretch he's able to come back and actually come all the way back to win uh, for once. Whereas with the Chargers, it almost never seemed to happen. And I would talk about that with the the Chargers this past weekend, but you already got to it. They actually won, and yes, they should have beat the Jets no matter what. But hey, still beating teams, still winning, still winning. So I'll say my winners here. Uh, first one I have is from Thursday Night Football last week. That Seahawks-Cardinals game was amazing, was a lot of fun to watch, but the Seahawks kind of dominated it all throughout the game. I I thought at some point, okay, Kyler's going to come back and they're going to be really in it or whatever, and it is. it was a seven-point game to end, don't get me wrong. But as you look into it, the, the Seahawks just, just manhandled whatever they needed to do. Um, 
DK Metcalf didn't have a huge game. Tyler Lockett didn't have a huge game. Russell Wilson didn't have a huge game. But all around, all of the you know all the guys on the team, defense, offense, special teams, or the Seahawks just proved that they were a little bit better than the Cardinals. Week to week, I think these teams could play each other ten times, and each could win you know five or six games. You know, um, could have barely a winning record against the other one or barely a losing record. I think they're very evenly matched up. But this past week, the Seahawks got in, prevailed out with the win. So shout out to Russell Wilson and that team for rebounding for their, I believe, previous, you know, two or three losses they had, I think, against, you know, other teams we're going to see in the playoffs. And I think they started their skit against the Cardinals not too long ago in a weird overtime uh, weird overtime loss. And then they had the Bills and, you know, the Rams and stuff. But Seahawks, great way to rebound and beat who I think now we're going to see in the, for sure in the playoffs, the Cardinals. But that whole NFC West, and we talked about it a lot on last week's podcast, I think the whole team's going to make the playoffs. I mean, I think that the whole, excuse me, um, the whole entire deal with that, uh, with that, you know, the top three in the NFC West is going to make the playoffs. I think the 49ers are the only team that doesn't. So all I'll talk about here is, of course, I got to talk about the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs, Sunday Night Football win. I know it's probably one of your losers, just the Raiders here, or, you know, probably already know that going in, actually. But the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, it, it seems as though it's almost too expected now, where in the past I'd go, okay, you know what? We're setting up for this. We know Aaron Rodgers. We know Tom Brady. We know Drew Brees and, you know, these guys in the NFL. They're our mainstays. They are the guys who take you back down the down the field to go win games. Patrick Mahomes did it like a pure magician. I mean, it's almost as though the Ravers gave them too much time to come back because they did. The Raiders still had a chance to, you know, do something with it there at the very, very end because the Chiefs had so much time to go down and score after the Raiders did. So, shout out to the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes does it again. It's part of still building his legacy. Of course, the guy is still, I think, 24, 25, younger than you and me. But he's got a Super Bowl ring, an MVP, and maybe he's going to make it to M- another MVP and a Super Bowl win in the same season this year instead of one in each of the past two years. So Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, amazing one over the past weekend and really knocked the Raiders on their butt. Um, Third winner here, which we'll expand a little bit more into the Cowboys and Eagles discussion, but I do need to talk about my Dallas Cowboys for a second. I mean, they played extremely well. Andy Dalton really did look like Andy Dalton of old, you know, when he was first with the Bengals, and he didn't do anything spectacular, but he led the Cowboys down the field, and the Cowboys helped serve when they needed to on defense, and stopped the Vikings a couple times on defense. It was still a high-scoring game, still, you know, 25 plus points for each team, but Cowboys ended up winning the game at the end, and, you know, it looks like the offensive play calling is somewhat tailored to Dalton a little bit, too, because at the end, you have, you know, Dalton Schultz come out of the you know, play and make a tight end route where he is so wide open, I think I could have caught the ball too. Um, now, I probably would have dropped it because I've been scared, you know, um, you know, I can't say it necessarily like us were in every podcast to do, but scared bleepless of somebody just hitting the crap out of me in the end zone. But Dalton Schultz caught the ball and Cowboys ended up winning the game. And it was an amazing game to watch too. It was a lot of fun. So those are my three winners here. Uh, what about your losers? Yeah, so for my losers... It's, uh, I mean, a mixed bunch, to say the least. Uh, I got to give it to the uh, the Vegas Raiders. Like, they had the Kansas City Chiefs on the ropes. Like, if you don't remember, the Chiefs beat them the first time around. 
Andy Reid was really upset that apparently the Raiders circled their stadium one more time as like a victory lap. And he'd be up front with it. Like they led in that whole game. They were up 35 or sorry, 31 to 28. And then Patrick Mahomes happened, right? Um, they had one job. All he had to do is keep him probably going in the end zone. And it almost seems like he's the modern day, like blueprint guy you look at that can run the two minute drill. Like he's just, he's just a really good player. And he just, he has the mobile ability that, you know, Brady never had. So, I mean, he threw a touchdown with under a half a minute left to take the lead 35-31 to a wide open Travis Kelsey. Like, when I mean wide open, I mean from from me to you right now in uh, Oklahoma. Like, that's how far open this guy was. Like, nobody was even around him. Uh, he's the number one, you know, option for them on offense. And it, it's just it was just baffling to me. I mean, he had eight catches, 127 yards. Like, who did you think that they were going to throw the ball to? So... They're my number one losers of the week. Um, tough for them because they win that game and they really start getting their confidence. Like, wow, we can beat anybody. But they dropped it. Uh, number two, I have the uh, the Miami Dolphins. Um, I know I talked a lot about last week and we had the two versus Kyler conversation. The two of Tagovola was, was not good. Um, he got benched. Uh, it was 11 of 20, 83 yards. Uh, gave up. He got sacked six times. Uh, for tw- and he had a 26.5 QBR. Like, that's not good, um, especially against a Denver Broncos team that's not going to overwhelm you. I mean, their defense is solid, but it, it's not they, – they didn't show up to play. I think that Tua had a young quarterback learning moment where he tried to overlook them and look toward the next opponent. And quite frankly, they just dropped the ball. It happens. So, um, you know, Drew Locke did nothing impressive. Like I said, they were very mediocre, 18 of 30. You know, 270 yards, one interception. Like, he didn't do anything. They ran the football on him, and the offense couldn't move the ball. So, uh, losing a game like that to the Broncos it makes, it makes you think, though. I mean, I, I think the Broncos are undefeated in the AFC uh, East right now, which is my number one after that. Like, my last loser of the week is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <sighs> Again, Tom Brady for some reason, can beat the teams that he's supposed to beat. But when he plays a good opponent, he just they can't beat him. When they play a good defense, he just he struggles. Uh, Ronald Jones was a leading rusher in the whole game. 10 carries, 24 yards. That was the rushing attack. Again, like I think I talked about this two weeks ago. Like They didn't run the football. Again, Brady looked like an old man out there, just as we said last week. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. It just wasn't pretty. 26 of 48, like, is he old finally? Can we can we say that? Is he getting old? And I laugh at this because earlier this season, um, when Tom Brady lost to the Chicago Bears, um, he did not go out the midfield and shake Nick Foles' hand. And the reason why I laugh at it is because when the Eagles, you know, years ago, I know I'm reminiscing here, when the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl back in 2017, Tom Brady didn't shake Nick Foles' hand in the Super Bowl. And they asked him about it earlier this year, and he said, I just, you know, I, I didn't know, I don't know Nick. So, you know, I just, I only shake people's hands. I know. Okay, cool. Fair. Like, fair enough. But that's me your answer. That's your role. That's fine. Well, he didn't shake Jared Goff's hand this time. Like, walked off sorely loser. Like, I, is it getting, like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it this year. Like, I know, like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, they're going to win the Super Bowl. This is it. This is their team. He's just not, living up to his expectations and they gave him all the weapons and they lost again. 
Um, and now he has another tough game. He has Kansas City. Like, it's not going to get easier for him down the road. And I understand the more they lose, the more they fall back into wild card because you have the Saints who, even without Drew Brees, are finding ways to win games. So definitely was very unimpressed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night. Um, and his inability to throw the ball to Rob Gronkowski because I would have won fantasy football, but that's another topic for another day. Um, who do you got, Calvin? Yeah, watching the game outside of the Bucks, that was uh, it's kind of just wild that Tom Brady couldn't just pull it off. You know, I, I said he's one of those guys you would think about could just you know drive the team down late and pull out the win, but wasn't able to do so. So it was pretty weird, and I know the Buccaneers team in Bruce Arians offense throws the ball a lot more downfield than Brady was doing with the Patriots, you know, a lot less, you know, uh, vertical stuff with the Pats at least, but it's something's got to click with them soon because they got to get some momentum rolling. They usually have the momentum rolling now with whatever Brady's team, you know, he's on depending on how many iterations we saw the Patriots, but nonetheless, I'll get into my losers here as well. Uh, First loser. And I don't necessarily think it's a loser for, the reasons that they actually did lose the game, but they lost a key player. And that's, of course, the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was playing exceptionally well for the Bengals, even in a very weird season for them, but also just a bad season overall as far as the win-loss column goes. It's a chance to beat the Washington football team that hasn't looked great the whole entire year, but the Bengals, I mean, they lose Joe Burrow. They lose their starting quarterback, the rookie number one overall draft pick, and that's always going to suck no matter what, and that's always going to be kind of a loser thing because even if Burrow plays the rest of the season doesn't win every single game, at least it's the experience he gets. So I think that's kind of my first loser, and it's more of like a probably the last time I'll mention the Bengals is a loser the rest of the season unless there's something weird. But, you know, just another guy. They've Joe Mixon's on IR. You know, they've got a lot of other dudes that just could have, would have, should have for the team this year, but... You always want to see that rookie quarterback get a little more experience, and unfortunately, they're not able to do so. Um, Second loser I'll say here is, for sure, the Ravens. And listen, the Ravens have looked decent during the season, but I almost put them in the same category right now as the Bucs, is that you said it really well earlier, too, is that they beat the teams they're supposed to, but they lose against the teams that are going to make the playoffs or are going to be okay. And this game against... The Titans went into overtime. So I go, okay, the Ravens had every shot, and Lamar Jackson usually looks pretty darn good. It's usually just, you know, one, you know, one or two things here and there. But the Ravens, they beat the Titans, you know, and then they go into divisional matchup against, I think, this week against the Steelers, right? In the rematch that we saw earlier in the season, that was pretty darn close, too, except for the they, Ravens started out so bad. So I, I just think of it like this, like, the, the Ravens have a lot they need to prove, and the Steelers team is rolling. It'd be great if the Ravens could have at least just beat the Titans. You know, the Titans haven't looked like world beaters in the entire world, but Derrick Henry with the walk-off touchdown in overtime is a momentum killer, you know? I mean, for whatever the Ravens have going during the game. And that's kind of a heartbreaker as well, and then now you got to go play an undefeated Steelers team that looks pretty darn good, and the Ravens had some COVID stuff going on as well, so they're probably not going to be at full strength. It just... That would have been a really, really good win for the Ravens because assuming that they lose this week, you know, this week's Thursday night matchup on a short week, et cetera, against the Steelers, that's, you know, it's just kind of another knock on him, you know? You know, MVP winning Lamar Jackson does not look like himself this year. Does not look like how he was doing last year. It looks like teams kind of figured him out a little more. So what adjustments can Harbaugh make? 
what adjustments can that offense make and how can the defense help keep the Ravens in the games going forward too. Um, the third loser of the week is the Patriots. I just, I, I don't think you and I are going to disagree with this. Texans are not world beaters. Texans are not winning that division. Texans are not going to win the AFC. What that's the AFC South, right? So what are we doing here? Like as the Patriots, I mean, that was a game where they just should have won. They just was a weird, uncharacteristic loss. And yeah, I think Belichick looks across the sidelines and goes, I'd much rather have Deshaun Watson than, you know, Cam Newton, at least for this game. But Cam Newton's not doing horribly. He's getting all of his, you know, all the receivers Cam Newton has to throw to have career highs in yardage this year, you know, in, in games. Edelman, Jacoby Myers, I mean, just several of those other guys. So it's not all on Cam Newton, but the Texans have had games where they haven't scored 10 points. But for some reason, the Patriots defense looks like they're falling off a little bit. And I understand everyone's got injuries. Everyone's got some COVID issues going on during this season. But at the same point, like the Patriots, the Patriots win games usually, and they they especially beat teams where they just should beat, you know. And you coming in and tell me in the season, hey, the Texans are going to play this bad, I'd go, that's shocking. But it's also shocking the Texans will play this bad and still be able to beat the Patriots. I think the Patriots are just a really well-rounded team. So in a week in week out, Patriots have had some really bad games and had some losses, but they haven't had anything where it makes my jaw drop going, man, how are they not even in that one? You know, I mean, that Bills game was pretty darn close and pretty darn competitive, at least. This game, they just should have beat the Texans. They just should have at least been in it more. So those are my three losers from this past week. Um, I mean, you want me to go first here with the Cowboys discussion, or do you want to take it with the Eagles discussion first? You can lead right in. All right, sounds good. Well, with that being said, I, I will talk about this Cowboys team, Andy Dalton, and what looks like, at least, a pretty darn good and well-set-up Cowboys team here, at least for the rest of the season. And the reason why I say it that way is because Minnesota was on a roll. They were, I believe, one of my winners last week when they beat the Bears Monday Night Football just the week before. And, you know, Vikings had a lot to play for. Vikings were playing pretty darn good. Kirk Cousins was playing pretty darn good for them, too. But Andy Dalton throws one interception, but has 200 passing yards, but three touchdowns. I mean, you know, Ezekiel Elliott has over 100 yards for the first time in a game this season, I believe, or at least the first time in eight games. And Cowboys look like they at least know what they're doing a little bit more, a little bit more every single week now. They've looked pretty darn bad until this game. And you get your starting quarterback in, and I think the fact that they played the Steelers so close the week before gives me just a little bit more confidence. You know, just a little just a little bit more like, all right, maybe the Cowboys can actually do something because we know this division is tough. We know this division is is really um and tough in the fact that there's there's not gonna be like a clear winner, I don't think, anytime soon because none of the teams are playing that good. And I think right now if Dak Prescott's healthy and the offensive line's fully healthy and stuff. Cowboys are easily winning the division, but they are probably easily winning the division at like seven and seven. Let's just be honest here. I only see them winning four more games with a fully healthy Dak and an offensive line. But, you know, they're a half game back of the division leading Eagles. And I just think they're in it. I mean, I mean, an awesome win for the Cowboys. If we don't win another hell game this season, I'll wonder why. I'll wonder, oh my gosh, what happened to this team that beat the Vikings the way they did? But go out, beat Minnesota on a, you know, on Sunday in a road game, you know, with with Zeke actually playing pretty darn good, with the wide receivers look like they're doing good too. 
Um, Mari Cooper leads the team in receiving yards, but doesn't have a touchdown. But CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and Zeke all have passing touchdowns at least. That's a pretty darn good good way to win a game. I mean, that's evenly distributing the ball, as you were saying about the Colts earlier. I mean, look through this list here. A ton of guys have receptions on the team. And Dalton even has one. So, of course, that was a pass that I believe was batted back to him, and then he got sacked. But um, either way, it, it's um, not a bad week again. And weird to say this right now with everything going on. Back-to-back weeks here, I get to be kind of a happy Cowboys fan. Of course, last week is because they're on a bye week. This week is actually because they actually won a game, even though it's by three. It still is our way to go down the game, you know, go down the field at the end of the game, excuse me, and cap it off with a touchdown. I mean... Just shout out to the Cowboys for getting it done, getting a good win against a, a, granted, probably mediocre team. They're not the Steelers, they're not the Seahawks or Cardinals or Packers or Saints or whoever, but the Vikings are at the same point, not the Lions, so pretty darn good win. Yeah, and when I, I actually watched a lot of that on Red Zone, I was impressed. I mean, that was the Andy Dalton you guys signed up for. That was the one you gave you know, the, the millions of dollars to the people said, Hey, you should be starting over Dak. Um, now, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm stretching when I say that now, but like, that's good for Dallas. I mean, it's going to keep the ball rolling. It, it makes the NFC East that much more fun. I do believe that somebody's going to run away with it. Like these next like three, four weeks, you're going to see someone take off and get like three or four in a row. Um, and they're ultimately going to be the team that gets into the playoffs. But <clears throat> I'll tell you one team. I don't think that's going to be uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and turning around, just jumping right into their game versus Cleveland. Like I said last week, they had a chance to win three more games the rest of the year, looking at their roster and how they've played this year. Um, uh, again, you know, I came into this game with really high hopes. And I looked at the weather forecast on Friday, like what it was going to be. And I saw it was going to be rain, like miserable rain all day in Cleveland. And I said, oh boy, if it's raining, the Eagles should just run the ball the whole game. Like that's, that should be the game. The mindset. Obviously, don't put the ball in the air. It's going to be hard to throw the football. Again, I'm in my mind going, oh, man, it's going to rain. Doug Peterson doesn't understand that. He's going to want to throw the football a million times. So we get to Sunday. I finally you know, convinced myself. I'm like, let's go. I feel like the Eagles are going to pull one out today. Like Doug knows he needs to win one. He worked closely with Carson Wentz all last week. It's going to happen. And the first drive comes out, and they, they – they do what I've been asking them to do all year. They ran the football. They ran it, Calvin. Like right down their throats, man. I mean, like, they got the ball to 25 and literally worked it all the way down inside the 10-yard line. They hand the ball off to Miles Sanders, make the turn, cuts up, fumbles. He fumbled the football. And the reason why I tell you this, and I'm starting off with this, is because can you name the last time the Eagles led a football game to start the game? You can't. Right, it's probably the San Francisco game, which they won. Yeah, I, I really can't, to be honest. Right. I, yeah, I can't. Exactly. That that's how bad it's been. So they fumble the football there, and then you're like, okay, cool. Like defense going to step up. They drive all the way down the field. Baker Mayfield makes a really nice pass to like Higgins down the sideline. He gets you know caught. Fourth and goal. They hand it off to Cream Hunt. He gets stopped. They get stopped at the one yard line. Okay, like that. Okay, okay, that's fine. So, long story short, after that, they just decided 
we're going to get away from the run. We're just not going to run the football anymore. So then they did what? They leaned on Carson Wentz in the pouring rain. Carson Wentz was terrible. You look at his stat line. 21 of 35. 235 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. You might say, hey, wing. I feel like that's a game he had earlier this year. Like, that's not too bad, right? He completed two-thirds of his passes. Or, sorry, three-fifths of his passes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that came in garbage time. So, the Eagles have a, a lead. And there's a play where Carson Wentz throws, he throws an interception on it. And a lot of people have been crying in the city for this man to, if you see a target, throw it, hit it, don't think twice. It's like an internal clock when you play quarterback. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, ball's got to be out, right? He drops back to pass. It's a, it's a two-wide receiver route. Jalen Rager goes, runs like a corner. He's wide open. He's staring him down. You can watch it on film. He's staring him down. And, he, and Rager's looking right back at him, like, throw it to me. I'm wide open. Carson doesn't throw the ball. Tries to throw a little pass to Miles Sanders, like right there in the backfield. And he balloons it. It pops up in the air, and then this defensive player, Taki Taki, on the Browns, jumps in front of him, picks off, and returns for a touchdown. Like, I've seen some bad throws and bad reads watching football. That may have been one of the worst. Now, again, we're not on the field. We don't see what he sees. Uh, Torrey Smith came to his defense this week and said, hey, like, it doesn't look like he's open when you're actually the quarterback in the pocket because there's a safety running there. I, I, I don't buy it. We just gave this guy one of the largest guaranteed quarterback money contracts ever. And he's quite frankly, just playing below average. It'd be different if he's playing average and you can work with it. He's playing below average. Then that's not the end of it. Then the next drive, we get down at the one yard line. And we run the ball, first down, get nothing. Second down, run the ball, nothing. Third down, Doug tries to throw the ball. The Wentz is in the end zone. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. Does not throw the football, gets sacked. And, like, again, like, if it's not there, get rid of it, right? He just didn't. He ate it. And, like, that's nine points right there that Carson Wentz gave them. The defense held the Browns to 13 points, the defense. And they lost. And it was just like the chat is stronger than ever here. And I said this last week, it's getting really, really hard to defend the guy. Carson Wentz starting. And it's getting really hard to defend his play. And there's a cult here that, you know, says, hey, like, he's going to get back to 2017 form. And don't be wrong. Like, I'm a big Carson Wentz guy. Like, I just feel like he's – he can't take the heat in Philadelphia. He can't take the media. The media is literally screaming for this guy's head. They're done with him. And they don't want him on the field anymore. And people are frustrated with the fan base because the head coach has said multiple times – that he is not going to replace Carson Wentz. And it comes down to his decision and ultimately Doug Peterson's decision. 
Now, with that being said, I get it. I mean, you look at the financial side of things, like, okay, he's owed $30 million next year. Like, you have to hold him under contract for next year, and yada, yada, yada. But, like, you drafted this guy in the second round, Jalen Hurts, right? You see him one play, two plays a game, right? And he tries to come in, and it's an obvious run every time. Why not give him a chance to play? Why not let him go out there and, uh, you know, just give it a shot? Let him try and show you what he's worth. And, uh, again, like, I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to make the team better. But, like, you spent a second-round pick on the guy. Like, if you're really going to, like, say, okay, like, we need to evaluate the football team, you should start there. Because the quarterback play has been below average. There's a report that came out today that said half the locker room is starting to think that, hey, you drafted this guy in the second round. It might be time to give him a chance because what you're doing now is not working. Again, they abandoned the run. Like I said, we had all these rushing yards in the first half. After the Miles Sanders fumble in the second half, Miles Sanders had three yards. You can count on your fingers. One, two, three. Three yards second half running the football. Again, we're going to go back to the play calling. I've said this week in and week out. I've never seen a team that cannot run a screenplay as bad as the Eagles. And it's that, like, it's, I've never seen it. Like, it's terrible. And Doug Peterson is just reluctant to give up the play calling. And it's just eternal frustration right here now. Like, there's nothing to smile about. Like, it, it really ticks the fan base off when Doug Peterson has his press conference. Like, we're still in first place. We have something to fight for. Like, you're in first place by default right now because the rest of the division has not played well. Like, you're not in first place because you've done anything right. And it's almost like you're only in first place because you've done so much wrong so far. If that makes sense. If they don't tie the Bengals, you know, they're not in first place. So, it's just ultimately like a, a like crazy frustration. Like, I'm almost on the edge of like, all right, we're three, six, and one. Play 10 games. There's six left. And you go and you look toward what we have coming up here in the last next couple of weeks, and they got Seattle this week. They have the Saints the following week. And, and like it, it just doesn't get easier. And then I think they have Arizona after that. And like they're, they're, they're two easiest games in the schedule that they have left, the two easiest. I, I wouldn't even say they're easy games. It's the NFC East. It's Dallas, and that's in Dallas. With, with Andy Dalton plays the way he's playing. And stuff, and then Washington, which I'll be upfront with you, Alex Smith looks like the Alex Smith that before he messed up his leg, he looks like a good quarterback again. So, like, you look at it, like there is a realistic chance the Eagles don't win another game the rest of the year. Realistic, and like I said, I believe that somebody on this four team will rattle off three or four in a row, just like these neck, this little stretch here, and they'll get to like six, seven wins. But I think it's the Eagles. No, I don't. So Seattle's going to be Carson Wentz's last chance to really show that, hey, I'm worth the money you gave me. And there's nothing the Eagles can do to really get out of the contract because it's all guaranteed money. So he's going to have one last chance. If he struggles in that chance, I would not be shocked that if halftime we're down, let's just say 14 points, and his, his play has been so subpar, I would not be surprised if the rest of the game, they put him on the bench to teach him a lesson and Jalen Hurts plays the rest of the game. because. I think the Eagles don't want to acknowledge they made a mistake. I think they know they made a mistake, but they don't want to show the world they made a mistake with him. And you can't evaluate the guy you drafted in the second round 
without giving him a chance to play against real competition, like a Seattle, like a New Orleans, like a team down the stretch, as opposed to letting him play one game in week 17. It could be meaningless if Washington runs away with the division. But that's my rant for the week. Um, I'm obviously going to I'm, I'm gonna watch them every week, obviously, even though they do hurt me. <laughs> um, but I'm curious to see what big changes they make this week. Yeah, me too. I, I, of course, would be interested to see what a different type of offense looks like with Jalen Hurts at the helm. You know, is this more of a, you know, kind of hybrid running passing game that we see, you know, in the NFL right now from a couple of different guys and Kyler and, um, you know, I mean, I guess Baker has the rollouts or whatever, but I guess really Kyler and Lamar are the two guys I think of that run the ball a little bit more, you know, when it, when it comes down to stuff that are quarterbacks. And I'd be interested to see how Jalen does. You're right. We, we talked about this in the first podcast that we did, at least of 2020, when we talked about the Cowboys draft and the Eagles draft, right? And we talked about the Cowboys took CeeDee Lamb. We've referenced it several times in our weekly recap NFL podcast here. And we've talked about how the Eagles, you know, I mean, drafted uh, Jalen Rager and then drafted Jalen Hurts in the, in the second round. And... I, I've always thought, hey, what, isn't it kind of weird that Jalen Hurts got drafted in the second round? Isn't Carson Wentz the guy? But this season has proven that Carson Wentz may not be the guy. And it may have been really smart to take um, Jalen Hurts in the second round, depending on how he does with the team. And you're right. He does play like a play a game or two plays a game or whatever it is. Seemingly, it's usually one run and one pass or a short passing situation. But... I'll be interested to see at least a, a little bit of a you know a different look because right now Carson Wentz is the best quarterback that starts in the division at least on paper coming into the season. If you say Dax out, okay, well it's Carson Wentz's division then. The Washington Football Team and the Giants do not have the the established quarterback for their team at least you would think coming into the season. Whereas the Cowboys and Eagles do. And all right, Dax injured, it's Wentz's it's Wentz's division. You know, it's the Eagles' division to lose, but they're just not. Yeah, they're not going to done, right? I mean, that, that Browns game, it's sloppy, it's rainy, it's wet. You know, the Eagles don't run the ball the best, et cetera, et cetera. It's just not in their favor. But at the same time, the Browns won a game last week by three. Yeah, they scored 10 points. Baker Mayfield is not throwing for 400-plus yards a game. You know, I mean, he can try to prove me wrong, but he's not doing it right now. And I'd be interested to see, you know, going this next week or whatever. Hey, you know what? Let's just, we're, we're going to name Jalen Hurts the starter and we're going to see how he does and, and go on with that because you're playing Seahawks Monday night. You know, what's what's there necessarily to lose too much of putting him out there and trying it? Because the only thing I can think of is that the Seahawks do have a bad pass defense, but they stopped Colin Murray this past week on Thursday and now the Cardinals have a lot of time, or excuse me, the Seahawks have a lot of time um, to, you know, in between games to really prepare for the Eagles. And heck, if the Eagles just come out on Friday and they say Jalen Hurts is the starter for Monday night, you know, hey, game planning has to change a little bit for the Seahawks no matter what. And you know what? They got to prepare for something different too, which I'd be interested to see how how the Seahawks do against a Jalen Hurts-led Eagles offense. Yeah, and then like just to, to bounce all of that, I mean, Doug Peterson already came out and said mm-hmm. that you know, Carson Wentz is the starter moving forward. Like, it's, it hasn't yeah. even been a thought in his mind to, you know, pull him out of the game. I, I don't know what's true, if that's true. I don't know if he's just relaying what was 
you know, told from, you know, what's coming from up top because apparently general management decides who dresses and doesn't dress, which is kind of a major issue every week in regards to the players in the field. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I can't keep defending this guy, Carson Wentz. Like 2017 is now three years ago. And yeah, last year he was 27 and seven. Like that looks good on paper, but like, you know, it, it, it doesn't look good this year. It, like it's just, it's, it's too many turnovers. Like if they don't turn the, if they get just average quarterback play last week, Calvin, they win the football game. Just average. Yeah. If you take away the pick six and, you know, that safety, like they win the football game. It's just it's plain and simple. Like, Defense held their own for the majority of the game, and you know when the time was up, they just gave up at the end of the game. You know, it's it had nothing to do with them, and I think they're getting fed up with it too. And again, it, you can point at two things: it's, it's Doug Peterson and it's Carson Wentz. And obviously, people say it starts with the quarterback every time. And I think you're going to see Jalen Hurts at some point in this game. I'm not a Big believer in the Eagles. I think the Seahawks opened up as a four and a half point favorite. If I were you, I would throw a lot of money on that because I can see this being like a 17 point game, like that more of a, a blowout. Um, it, it's a shame. It really is a shame. And like I said, somebody has to win on, you know, and I'll dive into my games on, you know, the upcoming week. Um, on Thursday, Washington and Dallas play for first place. Whoever wins jumps in the first place because it'll put them at four. It's like somebody has to win. So, and if you ask me, like, I think Alice is going to win that game. Now their defense is a little bit suspect, but again, like, their if their offense is clicking, like it did the other day against a good Minnesota defense, like they should easily beat Washington. But if their defense just can't stop a nosebleed, it'll keep Washington into it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then Baltimore versus Pittsburgh on Thursday. So good football games is on Thanksgiving this week. Really excited about it. Um, and then obviously, you know, the two other games looking at is the uh, Rams versus the 49ers. Can the Rams stay in first place? And I know they were written off a couple weeks ago and now they're back in control. Um, so I'm curious to see if they can hold on and beat San Fran because Shanahan's saying we're not done yet. We're not going away. Um, but they still have a chance. So they're going to keep fighting and then. The Chiefs versus Bucks, like I said, is Brady going to bounce back or is he just going to be that same lame duck that he has been against really good teams this year? So um, definitely looking forward to football this week. I can't necessarily say I'm looking forward to my Eagles, but um, yeah, I'm excited to spend some time with the family on Thursday and then watch some football and eat some turkey. Yeah, definitely. The, uh, the, the games that I'm looking forward to this week are, I mean, of course, Cowboys, Washington, as you said. Someone's got to win the division. Someone's going to be winning the division with with at least the record um, from this game. And then we'll see on Monday if the Eagles can stay ahead and, and match up with the Seahawks or not. Um, other games looking forward to is uh, Titans-Colts. Again, divisional you know, kind of matchup here. Titans won last week. But the week before, the Colts beat the Titans pretty handily on Thursday night. So we get to kind of see this rematch or so against two, I think, Pretty darn good teams defensively, but their quarterback plays just a little bit iffy. Depends on who shows up week to week between Tannehill and Rivers. Uh, and the, uh, I guess the the third and final game I'll talk about here that I'm looking forward to is the uh, Bucks Bucks Chiefs. Excuse me. 
And that's that's basically how does Brady bounce back and actually play Patrick Mahomes to the Chiefs? I mean, do the the Buccaneers slide, you know, slide again? Do they take another loss? And it looks like the Chiefs are on a roll right now, and I don't see the Chiefs losing this game either. So we know this game matters a lot for the Bucs as far as their playoff scopes hopes go, excuse me, because the Saints have the uh have the record um in the division. They have the divisional lead, but also they command that division at least at this point now they'd be the bucks in both the matchups so bucks really need to win some more games here down the stretch to stay in the playoff on the nfc so i'll be interested to see uh those three games down here the least interesting game though from the week i have to say it's got to be this jets the dolphins one if the dolphins start to and he ends up having a bad game again that's going to be real tough but i mean the jets just do not look good at all i could talk about the jets for 30 minutes, but also not talk about them at all for another three podcasts. It's just not much going on. We'll have to get um, one of the guys I, I know that went to Oklahoma State with on who's a Jets fan, um, but I think he's a Jets fan in secrecy right now, and Dominic Puccino <laughs> on because it, there's not a lot going on there. He ha- He's had some pretty darn bad weeks in a row since Oklahoma State lost their last game in Bedlam, and um, of course, the Jets haven't won a game this season, so they almost beat the Chargers. They're within six. They're within six there at the end, but the Chargers I still, think they're of course, gonna, I think the Jets at some point are going to get one. Like, uh, they're playing, like, their offense is playing well enough. It's like at some point the defense has got to rally, right? I think that they're waiting for, like, a Jacksonville to get another win just so they have, like, a cushion. Because you're looking at those teams that are in front. Of, I think Jacksonville has one, and everyone else is, you know, has two or more. Well, I'll say it this way. I mean, the the Jets, the the next game they play against a team that has a losing record right now is their last game in the season against the Patriots on January 3rd. They play the Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, and Browns. So I believe all of those five teams right now are in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. And then they play the Patriots throughout the season. I... I don't know. Um, I think we talked about it previous couple weeks here of when are the Jets going to get a win, and it's an uphill battle now to say for sure. They played the Patriots the closest so far, only lost by three. But when they played the Dolphins earlier on in the season, they lost zero. They lost zero to twenty-four. Um, I don't know. Jets Jets got a Jets got a tough schedule here going to these final six games too. Yeah, and then you know how it works. Any given Sunday, somebody mm-hmm. can win, and I, I just. I don't know. I feel like at some point they're going to – they'll catch somebody that just overlooks them. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I, honestly, I don't think that the Jets should go back to Darnold. If I'll be a front with that, I think Joe Flacco is playing really good football. I think, obviously, if you take away that pick six, right? Mm-hmm. Take it away. What happens? You know, it's a one-possession game. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, you can look at it that way, and, I mean, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I watched it, and I just, like, shook my head in disgust because it was on red zone. I was like – of course that happened. Of course the, that's what happened to the Jets. Like it couldn't be like they just beat them in the air. They like had to like do it to themselves. So I don't know. I, I think at some point they'll get a W. Um, I think that I think Dallas is going to beat Washington. I do. Um, now did you did you play Washington yet? Yeah, you did. You got they beat you the first time. Yeah. So that's and that was like, a that was a drubbing. It looked and like you that's the, the Dalton. That's time, a Dalton. Right? Is that it? Is that, um, play the Giants yet or no? We've yeah, we played the Giants once so far, but let's see here. Um, oh my gosh, I 
If the Cowboys end up winning this division, isn't anywhere close to being ever put it that way. Is what I'm trying to get. Yeah. Um, If they win, man. Yeah, we play the Giants the last game of the season, so we play. um, We've got three more divisional games coming up here. I I think it's the same probably for every team in the division, but we play uh, Washington, of course, this Thursday on Thanksgiving. Then we play at the Ravens, at the Bengals, um, 49ers at home. Eagles at home and Giants at home. So to our last two games of the season, if the division's not locked up by then, we'll definitely, you know, it'll be figured out then because, I mean, in all due respect, like to Carson Wentz, Washington's quarterback, Alex Smith, I think, and um, Daniel Jones, Andy Dalton looks like the best quarterback at least after this past weekend goes by. And I don't know. If he can keep it up, keep playing well, then we'll be good. But, of course, the last game that – Andy Dalton um, got injured and didn't come back from was a game against Washington. So, fing- fingers crossed we can keep uh, keep rolling a little bit here and play on Thursday, and I can be a proud Dallas Cowboys fan because right yeah. now that uh, that teal Emmanuel Ogba uh, uh, Miami Dolphins jersey looks pretty darn good, considering that the Dolphins, um, at least until this past week, and were generally winning games and. Uh, and, you know, Ogba went to Oklahoma State, so I got to support him too. But um, love for the Dallas Cowboys to plot another one. Just love. I mean, I'd love to see it because at this point, like, I mean, what's the point in going for the tenth overall pick in the draft, right? Like, let's let's just let's start go to the playoffs. I guess if we're gonna keep winning games, and there's this many teams that have a bad record in the NFL too. I mean, we're but not I, you I know think, we're not the only team. I think that you guys are gonna end up running away with it and. If the Eagles don't win another game the rest of the year, I I realistically believe that Doug Peterson will be relieved of his job. Yeah, if they don't win another game, they don't win a, one of the final six, I think they'll be done. And the next next time you guys play a team that has a losing record is us. And that's your fifth, you know, I mean, that's your, that's five, you know, five more games from now. Um, I mean, your guys' last two games of the season are kind of like us, and they're two divisional opponents, of course. But they're against you know us and Washington. Um, this is Washington's last game of the season. I I honestly hope on January third we're texting each other back and forth, going, "Oh my gosh, he's going to win the division at you know five and seven or, or five and you know I guess five and ten or whatever it is at that point, five and eleven. But it'll be a fun stretch here as it comes down to it. I think we have more winnable games though, as you say it. Um, you know, you can comparing back and forth just from how we've played so far because you guys, yeah. Seahawks on Monday is tough. Packers, they Packers gotta keep winning. That's tough. Saints, Cardinals. I mean, all next your next four games are brutal, um, in comparison. So, and and letting the, I mean, that Giants win not this weekend but the last weekend. It's it's just uh, not not good. I mean, of course, you know, not yeah. Good. I wonder has, if the has Giants good, have. We'll yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's not gonna be pretty on Monday, but. I always keep an open mind when I, you know, go into it. You know, I, I keep trying to convince myself that Doug's going to change this. Doug's going to change this. And quite frankly, they're just not a good football team. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, as I go through, of course, Washington and um, the Giants. The Giants had two more games throughout the rest of the season that are against currently, you know, um, under 500 teams. And they're both against divisional opponents and the Cowboys and Washington. And then um, go through Washington's schedule here too. Washington 
does have the 49ers and do have the Panthers, which seem like two easier matchups comparatively to the Cowboys playing like the Ravens and and such. But at the same point, the Panthers and the 49ers, I mean, are some quite competent and playing good. Um, the Cowboys do luck out here because we play two more divisional opponents. Um, excuse me, we play three more divisional opponents that are under 500, and we play the Bengals. So the Cowboys really have, I mean, honestly, a driver's seat position to, like you said, win the division going forward, which is not something I thought I'd say at all two weeks ago. I'll say it that way. You know, we lost the, yeah, I mean, we lost the Steelers. I was like, hey, I mean, I kind of assumed this, but the Cowboys could win the division. I mean, it's bizarre. I did not think I'd be saying this after Dak went down and after a couple of the other games, especially after the Eagles lost, we only scored nine points with Ben DiNucci as the starter. But here we are, finishing up week, what, week 11? And uh, Cowboys might have a chance to win the division still. So who knows? Crazy season by far. All right, Wayne. Well, with uh, that being said here, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the CGA Tour podcast. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And please follow, uh, you know, at Wayne on Twitter, at myself on Twitter as well. And give us a comment, review, or rating on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the podcast. We are currently, as of recording this podcast, at 9,500 download slash listen to the podcast so help us get to the other 500 before the end of the year it'd be very very much appreciated to hit 10,000. wayne thanks so much again for joining yeah absolutely calvin it's a pleasure look forward to chatting next week all right sounds great thanks man talk man